Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. Thursday, October 29th. Baby, what's up? It's time. It's time for Auto Deal Live. It's Auto Deal Live, man. We're live. We're live. And we want to come to you and talk to you about some things that are going on in the business today. I'm Dave Villa. I'm Dave Cribs. And uh, we want to thank you for listening to us, supporting us, man. We are um, we are so honored that you would take time out of your schedule, um, have a screen up while you're desking a deal. Um, pull your guys, gals into the conference room, watch it on your iPhone or your Android or whatever you're watching it on. We want to thank you for taking the time and hopefully we can bring you some great, great entertainment, some content. Dave, really, hopefully, man, this really helps serve this industry that we love, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so humbling to hear the stories about the, the support that we see and that we really can't see, like you mentioned, you know, um, dealers that have their whole staff, you know, involved in watching Auto Dealer Live. When we hear those stories, it's just super, super cool. Uh, but today we're going to the principal's office, and I don't Woo! know, I don't know about you, Dave. I got some principal offers, memories, but uh... dude, I'm 43 years old, and when I was in the third grade, 1979, I remember I didn't even make it to the principal's office, Dave. I remember in third grade, Mr. Whitehurst. If you're watching, I don't know how old you got to be right now. Or if you're living, Mr. Whitehurst, he pulled me up in front of the office, in front of the classroom in third grade, bent me over a desk. Come on, he now. got a book three times thicker than this and spanked <laughs> me, man, in class. I remember going to a school, Turkey Creek <laughs> Junior High School. Oh, Tur- yeah, I know Turkey, Turkey Creek. Creek. We were the gobblers. Yeah. Oh, Turkey Creek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can imagine somebody ask you, hey, where do you go to school? Oh, Turkey Creek. Oh, what's your mascot? The gar- yeah, we're the, gar- gar- go to the gobblers. Yeah, gobblers. Hey, listen, so Turkey Creek Gobblers, man, I remember in, in seventh and eighth grade, I think they banned spanking right around that time frame when I was in eighth grade. They waited for you, and then right after that, they banned Well, it. I think it was like right around there, so like ninth grade or something like that, I, I believe. But I remember seventh and eighth grade, man, going to the principal's office, right, and he'd break out the wooden paddle with the little holes in it, you know, and I mean, I'm getting spanked. I was horrible, brother. I mean, I had conduct problems, man. Can you tell? Uh, well, you know, I, 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 it doesn't surprise me. I tell you what, my fondest memory of the principal's office was right. in, the, in the first grade. I was pretty crafty <laughs> in the first grade, right? I was leaning back in my chair, leaning back in my chair. Teacher kept saying, don't do that, don't do that. Finally, I went over. I went, you know, tumbled backwards and, you know, hit the floor. And she said, you're going up to the principal's office. She sent me up to the principal's office. She said, you tell him why you're up there. So I walked up to the principal's office. I'm sitting there trying to think what I'm going to say when I get there. So I go in there like, I'm like, I'm here to see the principal. Miss McDonald sent me up here. She said, 
uh, I fell over in my chair. She want to make sure I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Miss McDonald, man, if she was living today, she'd be like 134 years old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because so hey, listen, <clears throat> Twitter leader today. We're gonna give away some special stuff today. But here's here's the deal, man. Jump on Twitter. You see this little light that's right over the bobblehead here. This little light that's blinking. That's Twitter going off. We want to trend today. Hashtag Auto Dealer Live. Help us get there. Um, listen, we love your comments on Twitter. Hey, comment right now about the time when you went to the principal's office. Talk about what you look like and what it looked like when you, Arnold, back when you were in the schoolhouse, like Little House on the Prairie. You know, uh, you know. I mean, you know, we got some old people that watch this show. And we got some young people, but tweet about the principal's office. And, you know, tell us your story and then tweet all through the show. Tweeter leader today. We've got a case. Mr. Dave Anderson. Dave's going to be in Orlando at Digital Dealer. He's going to be the kickoff keynote. Um, Grant Cardone was here in Vegas a few weeks ago. Dave Anderson's going to do that in Octo- in uh, January at Digital Dealer 20. And Dave... Anderson's going to be on our show here in the next uh, few weeks. I don't know, sometime next month, I believe. And uh, Dave Anderson said a case of his latest book, It's Not Rocket Science. And listen, he was so gracious enough to autograph him. This is an awesome book. We just got him in, literally just got him in. He contacted us last month and said, as soon as they come in, I'm sending you guys a case to give away on the show. we got to save some for when he's on. But we're going to give some away today. Tweeter leader, blow it up. You're going to get a book. It's not rocket science. Four simple strategies for mastering the art of execution. Uh, Tom Crean, the head coach of Indiana University men's basketball team, wrote the forward in the book. It's an awesome book. Dave is the CEO of Learn the Lead. Hey, man, I'm excited about today's show, and I, and I cannot wait to get into the principal's office today, Dave, because we've got some really great car people that are going to join us on the show today. And we're not going to talk about training. We're not going to talk about best practices, but we're going to bring a subject, I think, and you think here, that we talked about is really kind of something that I believe is right on time. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I think that uh, no matter what position you're in in the dealership, this is going to be a really intriguing interview today. And, you know, it's no secret that uh, that when you talk with successful dealers there's something that got them there so we can always take away something from the interviews but today's topic you're going to be really i think you're going to just be glued to it because we're going to talk about some issues that are that's on every person's mind on the front end of the store absolutely and we're going to hear what these guys and listen we don't have the answers all the answers they don't have all the answers you don't have all the answers so what really is cool about this whole thing we call the auto industry, those who really, really care about helping other people, is coming together, and hey, together we're stronger, right? Together we accomplish more. So we're going to talk today to these great people in the auto business. They happen to be mostly owners of stores and principals, and we have some GMs as well. And we're going to talk to them about things such as, look, when it's slow, we're going to talk about where does the pressure lie? What type of pressure do you put on your sales manager? What type of pressure do you put on your GSM? Is it is it is it proper to put to put to put a lot of pressure, you know, and, and, you know, we're at the end of a month here and coming to the end of a month. I don't know about what you're hearing or what your store um, has been going through. Some of the guys on this panel today are, are rocking in the month of October, but I can tell you working with several hundred dealerships with my ear to the ground, I have tons of people across the nation that have told me this month that they're off. And not only not only tons of people, but I mean organizations, you know, manufacturers that are calling. So this month is a little off. What happens when you're winding down your month and you're off? What does it look like? What does the next month look like? So we're going to talk about some of these things, Dave. And what else we're going to talk about, man? Um, I think we're going to talk about uh, not only the pressure of um, 
you know, that, that you keep on a sales manager, but also how that relates to the market. You know, how much of that really is driven by market? Right now, we know that we've been riding a wave for quite a while now, the past couple of years. The, the, the car business has been on an upswing, which is amazing. We certainly don't want to curse it by any chance or, or jinx it. But here's the thing, you know, what happens inevitably we go through peaks and valleys. Yeah. And what happens when things do begin to slow down? You know, how much of that is the responsibility of the sales manager or the dealership? And how much is that, uh, how much can you attribute to the actual market? So right. we'll be talking about And what about to do about it. Video. I mean, because yeah. there's some things you can do. There's some things, and it's not just throwing extra money at it. You know, there's really, it comes down to leadership. And we're going to talk to leaders in the industry today that say, look, you know what? This is how we lead the ship, you know, when the ship's going fast and when the ship's going slow, the ship's got to go, you know. And so I'm excited to get these uh, these car people on the phone today. The principal's office is going to be in full effect here. Uh, Mike, are we going to commercial first? Okay, so we are going to be going uh, in just a minute. But listen, make sure you get on Twitter, hashtag Auto Dealer Live. If you have some questions, um, our producers have uh, Twitter and uh, chat up. And so if, you, if you're on uh, Blog Talk or if you're on Twitter, uh, if you're on Facebook, make sure you give uh, some questions out there. You want to ask these guys some questions, we'll try to get them in. If you're by your phone, you could try calling in to 813-574-1820, 813-574-1820. Anybody that gets through and gets a question is going to get a book today. So we want to give you a book today signed by Dave Anderson. It's not rocket science. I'm excited, man. The car business is is my passion. And you know what, man? Look, hey, we're closing out a month here, and I want to kind of just, you know, before we have any, I mean, how much time we have, Mike, before we go in commercial? One minute. Okay, next minute, Dave. Let's just chat about this for a second, man. You know, it's it's uh, you know, time is time, money's money, right? And you know, and the deal is this, man. Uh, you know, I mean, we're winding into the end of the month. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're coming to a place where you know where I think executing our game plan is really paramount. You know, when you go into halftime, or and we're not in halftime, we're in the two minute drill. But when you get into this place, you put a game plan together. For the team you are facing, which is the month, right? Yes. You put the game plan in effect for the season, for, you know, really for the players. And it's not time to abandon your game plan. It's time to execute. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, we have a we kind of have this dialogue almost every month near the end of the month. We talk about this. And, you know, uh, in fact, I heard, uh, as we mentioned earlier, we've heard from different dealers and salespeople that business was off this month or a little bit behind mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing it on Facebook, and one of the things that uh, Mike Davenport um, uh, said on Facebook was that you know he, he created this video and really shared with salespeople about that very thing, not jumping away from the game plan, really getting back to the basics. And that's the thing, you know, when when you're when you're at this point in the month, and maybe you're not where you need to be. We all know that it's two minute drill time, but it's not two minute gunslinging time, right? It's two minute drill time. Get back to the basics, and and if I could share anything as far as advice it would be spending more time in actually in front of the customer you want as much customer face time as possible between now and well the you end can't of the month. you know and it, it, absolutely and you know something it's the equivalent of getting on the bench or getting off the bench and the thing is is when you have the game on the line and let's just say you don't have enough time to score as many points as you wanted to score and thought you would score let's say there's just really not enough time to feasibly do that it doesn't mean you can't win doesn't mean you can't be better, but you can't maybe go back and accomplish the goal that you wanted to accomplish three weeks ago 
by this time. However, do you sit on the bench and do you say the game's over or do you get off the bench and make something happen? So what I hear you saying is, hey, execution can't take place if you're not in front of a customer. You can't execute on the bench. You can only execute on the field. That's right. Period. That's right. Come on. Come on now. Hey, the next up is an amazing, great American automotive panel, the principal's office. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Auto Dealer Live. He's trying to save the advertising world. He did it. He did it for your business. He is Pineapple Advertising. Dealers, it's no secret that in this economy, cash is king. From the smallest independent lots to the largest franchise dealers, our businesses are driven by available capital. And having more access to your back-end reserve could prove to be a game changer. You see, until now, a dealer, for example, who wrote a million dollars in premium the first year, because of the way our contracts earn out, would be able to access about $70,000 at the end of the first year, and about $250,000 in the second year. You see, a dealer could see his reserve increase by a million dollars a year and yet only tap into a very small percentage of that. Look, don't let that be your story. With accelerated profit accessibility, the new reinsurance model is making huge leaps and helping dealers with their biggest reinsurance frustrations. Limited access and poor investment income on reserve. So what could that mean for you? Well, if your loss ratio is estimated at 40% after the first year, under the new reinsurance model, it would mean that you would have access to $600,000 as opposed to $70,000. And in the second year, $1.2 million as opposed to $250,000. Look, times are changing even for reinsurance. It may be time to take a closer look at your dealer-owned reinsurance company. You can do that today by going to dealerre.com or call dealerre at 804-824-9533. Max Profit Selling, an easy-to-follow, buyer-friendly sales process that will give you the tools, skills, and confidence to consistently sell premium vehicles to delighted buyers. To learn more about selling the way your customers prefer to buy, please visit NoPressureSelling.com or call 1-800-515-0034. And let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales 20 to 30 percent in gross and volume. Three areas we focus on trend reports. We look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on our inventory. Two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends, but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches. And three, we do a virtual lot walk, make sure every car is standing tall in line and make sure we don't have bad photos like these. Check out our website, lotpop.com our blog at AutomotiveRevolution.com and our weekly video tips at IncreasedTurn.com. Thanks. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, 
Don't kid yourself. Your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple processes for driving high quality traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you. your advertising and production. Pick the pineapple. And we're back. Welcome back to Auto Dealer Live. And the next up is our great American automotive panel. We're going straight to the principal's office. We've got four dealers on the line with us today. And the next up, we have John Marazzi, uh, dealer principal here at Brandon Honda, one of our uh, local dealers right near our studios, Brandon Honda. And we've got Andrew Dutton from Courtesy Kia, one of the Asbury stores. He's general manager running the Courtesy Kia store here in Brandon as well. And Dave? We also have Brett Oob. Uh, he is the principal and president of Lakeside Ford, Winnesboro Dodge, Ville Platte, uh, Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Car Pros in Louisiana and Mississippi. We have Tony Provost, the president of Nissan of Bourne, and he's in Massachusetts. And gentlemen, we want to thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, very excited to, to talk to you guys about um, what's hot here in the auto business. I'm uh, looking forward to asking you guys some questions regarding leadership and uh, running the front end. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, let's let's go right to John Marazzi. John, you know, one of the things that uh, that's no secret is the car business has been on a roll. The last couple of years were way up in sales, and uh, things are good right now. But, uh, you know, October, we heard from a lot of people that there's some uncertainty about how October is finishing up, which kind of brought up the, uh, the kind of the questions from a lot of people when it comes to uh, those months that aren't so good for us as a dealer, as an owner, as a principal, as a GM, what kind of uh, measures or what kind of accountability do you place in your management team? And how do you determine how much pressure you put on them versus what's happening in the marketplace? Um, well, that's, that's a really good question. The first thing you need to ascertain is what is the reason you're slow? And, and are you, do you have an accurate count of your walk-ins, your internet ups, uh, and your sales calls? And are you looking at that info month over month and year over year? And is that info correct? Then you're going to figure out real quick if you have a, a closing uh, or internet lead management problem, or do you really have an up problem? And, you know, once you have an up problem, if, if you're not getting enough traffic in the store, and that's the GM's primary responsibility, you've got to address it quickly. 
let, let me go to you, Andrew. I know you're you're a GM and you work for you know a public uh, public company, and uh, but you've you've also been with uh, been with s- several stores in the last couple of decades and uh, run some really big stores. And, and you're you're a great car guy. What's your what's your opinion on this? You've worked for different. Uh, owners and different groups, and I'm sure you work for different personalities. And what do you think the best practice is for this? I mean, when 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 the pressure's on, when when it, you know what, what's what's the route that we should be taking, and what have you seen most effective and least effective? Well, for you know, for us or for myself, I guess I was taught to um, to go back to what you do well and your you know your core models or your core mission. And to really focus on that and not try and be uh, all things to everyone. So, um, you know, 25 years ago, it was Lincoln Town Cars and Mercury Grand Marquis in Clearwater, Florida. And we didn't try and focus on anything outside that. All these years later, so much is digital and electronic that, like John says, we're measuring the traffic that's coming in the showroom and drilling down on that through um you know, your e-leads or your e-com department and inbound phone call and making sure that everybody's trained up and that they are closing at the required percentage um, ultimately. So it's just getting back to what you, you know, have done well over the years and not panicking. Brett, I'll go to you and let you weigh in on that. I'm sorry, who did you say, me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that, you know, to weigh to key off of what these guys said, I mean, for me personally, I never knee jerk. Um, I look back at I look back at our processes and are we following up with every customer? Are we going down the road to sell? Are we are we uh, upselling in our service department? Are we reaching out inside of our CRM and being proactive versus reactive and making our tweaks and our and our uh, our, uh, our fixes there? And if we're doing all of those things, I mean, you know, I think it was a, a, a friend of mine and, and I were talking to a billionaire and asking what his secret to success and he said you know he said well I'm gonna give you a book to read and so we grabbed our pen and paper and we were ready for a profound book and he said uh, read the tortoise and the hare and and so I guess the, the thing is is that we like to in in this business we like to to look at our our 30-day average but the reality of it is we're running a marathon we're not running a race yeah, and Tony, I'll go to you. You know, I think oftentimes as a used car manager or a new car manager or maybe even a GSM, you know, when you're having an off month or maybe a couple of off months in a row, I think that, you know, the reality is this is a business of what are you doing for me right now? Let's face it, it's a numbers thing and we all have to perform. But when you're in that position, um, you know, sometimes I believe you may get in, it may get in your head and, and it may have you uh, doing things a little bit out of concern or fear. So how do you comfort or, or do you comfort or do you have a responsibility to reassure uh, your main uh, managers, your key staff, and, and kind of uh, share with them that, uh, you, that, you ha- that they have your support? What does that look like for you internally? Well, what we try to do, or what I do anyways, and I've never gotten off of this in the 26 years I've been involved, is I love to close people. That's what I do. That's my life. That's what I'm all about. So there's two or three days a week that I run that desk, and we close people, and it starts with closing the, the operator. That the, she basically answering that phone. She's got the enthusiasm, and she's making sure that those phone calls are getting through the proper people, and they're doing a great job with what they do because we record it. So we talk about that. We look at the recordings. We listen, and then we work the deals. 
And whether it's getting the, you know, the processes and all these stores can be similar and they can be a little bit different, but the bottom line is if the people don't love you and you don't have that relationship building process with them, once they know that you care about them, they're going to give you the extra 15, 20 minutes, and they all give you the same, I got only a five-minute type thing. We get that 15, 20 minutes. We sit them down. We work it, and before you know it, we're closing them on a deal. And then whether it's a $300 deal behind invoices or beating some guy's deal that was $2,000 behind invoice or we're making $4,000, it doesn't matter. It's just closing the deal. Close the one, get to the next one. Close the one, get to the next one. And, and you know what? Quite, quite frankly, we kind of came off of that. We had three months where we didn't do as well. And I didn't get like crazy over it. This month is going to be our best month all year. And I don't listen to all the other things, but I do know this. Rates are probably going to stay low for the next three or four months. I don't think they're going to go up. These new car companies are going to put a lot of money out there. So there's going to be no way you're not going to be able to miss. You're going to make money, but how much do you want to make? I think that's what we look at. We know we're going to make money. How much can we make over what, we, what we're supposed to make? And I think for the next 60 days, as we get hit, killed with some crazy storms, we're going to make a lot of money because this month we're, we're ahead of last month by $61,000 in the sales department. So you know what? If we can get it up another forty thousand dollars next couple of days, and then I'll be up a hundred grand. And we made money every month this year, so now we're gonna make that much more. Mm-hmm. So we can prove to ourselves we did in October, and then we're gonna come back and do it in November. We're already talking about what we're gonna do for November. Well, we got to keep the momentum. Okay, well said. Let me let me throw this to Brett and and John. And John, I'll start with you. And you know, I'm looking here, Dave Anderson. Some of you guys know who Dave is, and uh, he's gonna be at Digital Dealer, and we've got some of his books in. And I was looking through it, and, and it's uh, called not it's not rocket science. And I want to kind of lay out something that Dave says here in this book. Um, he talks about uh, uh, John and I'll let you and Brett kind of weigh in on this first about uh, executing. And, and really, the, it's, there are four steps, and one of the steps is executing you know, a blueprint and a vision. He talks about seamlessly executing a goal or a vision. And, John, he talks about how the mission or the goal has to be clearly defined and consistent, put in place by the leader. So we're talking to leaders today, and really a lot about culture, creating a culture that's aligned with vision, developing a winning team. So, I mean, this, let's look at this for a second. A lot of times I've heard people say, guys, and, and you may understand this, this uh, comparison, that the you know auto business is like the NFL or the coaching carousel, you know. So we're talking about the pressure and where it lies. And the truth of the matter is, you know, um, there's 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 those that maybe fear that hey, my job's on the line because I haven't moved the needle this month or whatever it is. So talk about John, how important it is, you know, to really look at the long term picture here, lay out a vision and align the, the the leadership around a vision and a goal and building it from that standpoint. I know you're a big believer in that. Um, I am, and as a matter of fact, I, I uh, think very highly of Dave Anderson. I, uh, the guy is spot on. He's one of the best automotive trainers out there in training in general. But he's absolutely correct. And they, you know, when you talk about leadership, you know, leadership has two aspects. You you got to uh, you got to lead in your people development, and then you got to lead in your business development. Now, on the people side, you know, everything is about our theme is honest self evaluation massive corrective action and it starts with me i'm every day i'm listening to books i'm reading articles i'm spending time on your tv shows or listening to smart people uh or radio show um but but it's it's our responsibility because if you as a leader are a six or a seven you're not going to be able to hire and keep eights nines and tens mm. so you really that's step number one step number two Dave is absolutely correct. The number one responsibility for a leader is to create positive momentum. And that's in your parts department, in your service department, in your F&I department sales, and used car sales. And that positive momentum, once you catch that, that wind in your sail of momentum, 
only good things happen. And of course, it can go the other direction very quickly. So on that momentum, I would break it down to two things. I wouldn't just say execution. I would say strategy and execution. Mm. And some people are very good at strategy but can't execute, and some, some are vice versa. You have to have both. And, and developing that strategy, you know, one of your guests was, you know, talking about uh, Lincoln Town Cars and Grand Marquis. I remember those days. But everything has changed. So your strategy that you necessarily used 20 years ago really probably is not going to work right now. So it's going to digital DR conferences. It's attending seminars and, and, and really putting in the work to learn. But, but it's strategy and execution. And, and with that said, if the leader's doing that correct and nothing drastic has happened, then the dealership should sell their realistic, obtainable goals that were set. And there really shouldn't be a pressure issue, especially if you're looking at the data and holding everyone accountable daily. Brett, how important uh, is company culture and, and really uh, what John's saying here, how important is that in, in, in Brett Oob dealerships? We started this a while back. We wanted to become very intentional about what we were trying to accomplish. I mean, we all, at the end of the day, we're trying to, you know, sell uh, X number of vehicles, service X number of vehicles, and sell so many parts every month. But the reality is if you don't define what the what type of person that's going to be that executes that vision, and that, that's where we where we came into the culture. And we went, we, we dialed all the way down to what kind of salesperson are we going to hire? What kind of office person are we going to hire? What their mindset's going to be and, and taking short-term pain for long-term gains. So saying no to people that, you know, on paper look like they may, they may fill the vision. 16 years in the car business, always been number one. But when you talk to them, they don't fit the culture that we're trying to create, and we, we came up with a with a tagline of being the culture of performance. Um, you know, we don't we don't have the the people gathering around the smoke pole and uh, the people standing out front on the landing. I mean, it's we, we made an intentional decision, you know, a couple of years now, and have been that was kind of the strategy and the vision, and we've been relentlessly executing that in our weekly meetings and chastising one another at a leadership level. When we violate that and hire somebody that's off of that off of that uh, 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 flag, so to speak, and every single time that we've done that, it's always turned out negative. But it's been a positive teaching lesson to raise the level of our leadership and our leadership team. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and uh, Tony, I'll go to you on this one. You know, uh, we know that more and more every day that part of uh, hiring personnel and attracting personnel is that. They really have a purpose. We're hearing more and more that uh, millennials and the younger generation, it, sometimes it's not as much about how much money they're making but how happy they are where they work. And I think that this is something that um, you know we can learn from other industries like Starbucks, Uber, who refer to their employees as partners. But how do we cast that vision and how do we share that with our new team members other than just an orientation meeting and saying, Hey, our goal is, you know, 200 cars this month. How do we really engage and make it accessible so that they really see the big picture and understand their role and have a purpose? Well, what I do with, especially with salespeople, and we'll just talk about that right now. And, and maybe even, um, my, um, 
my service people. We'll talk about my, my technicians. I sat down with my technicians this year as well as my writers, and I sat down with them. And, I, and we don't have managers here. We have no, like, service manager or parts manager, and we're up 31% and we're up 27% over last year, which was up 24% over the year before. So parts and service is cranking. And every one of them, I sit down with them and I say, how much money have you made last year, and where do you want to be this year? We have that, we, and then we talk about it, and then we look at it biweekly. Are we on track? And we have a tracking system, and we track everybody's income throughout the whole store that way when it comes to sales and everything. So I have a 19-year-old kid that wanted to sell cars for me. I said to him last year when he was a senior in high school, if you can clean cars for me for a year and show up on time, you'll make this much money. And then we'll sit down and we'll talk about what you can make. Well, he's been in six months, and he says, I want to make $1,200 a week. He's been making $1,644 a week every single week, and I know it because we sit down and we talk about it, then I write it on his paycheck. Great job. Here's what you're tracking. Phenomenal. I do that on all their paychecks every week. Hmm. You're tracking this. You're tracking that. So then we have those conversations throughout the week. might not be that day. might be the next day, and it's just consistently. So what's happening is their friends are now starting to come in. I, you know, I hired my last tech. I got six technicians here. I mean, I got, I got nine days, six technicians. We do 465 hours a week, every single week on a five-day work week, and then we have you know, a skeleton crew on a Saturday. And when it gets to the point where we're so busy, we'll put full-time people on Saturday. And it's working. So everything seems to be working. We're not burning people out. I've had people, I've been here 15 years, and the average employee's been here for 10. And they consistently are making money. And we're in an area where it's transit. A lot of people come and go because we're on the Cape. So, you know, you can't change that. Andrew, you know, that's very good. And, Andrew, I want to, Tony just brought up something that makes me want to shift gears here kind of in the question. But, I mean, and, and you guys can all weigh in on this, but I'll, I'll pose it to Andrew first. I mean, I'm, are, you, are you tired yet of hearing you know, millennial, millennial, millennial. Dave asked a question, and, you know, I mean, we, we often don't agree. He kind of went soft. He went Uber and Starbucks. I'm drinking a Starbucks, but other than that, you know, I don't have a, you know, it's, listen, I'm, I'm a believer, and I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm asking myself the question and answering it, but I'll let you answer it, Andrew. I, I, I you know, think people are people, you know, and, and I think it's about, it's about teaching them, man. What I hear Tony, it, that fires me up. What I hear Tony saying is, hey, I've got a 19-year-old kid, and I'm teaching him how, he can make money. I'm giving him some responsibility. So what he did, took David's Uber and Starbucks question and shoved it back in his face and said, here you go. Here's your Uber and Starbucks. I've got a kid that I'm saying, hey, man, let me teach you how to make money. I mean, Andrew, is, is it time that maybe you know, some of the, us that are here on this panel and, and stores and owners and managers like this, male or female, just really go, hey, let me teach this younger generation you know, how to hustle and how to make some money? Is that, is that worth it, Salt, Andrew? I think if you talk to most of us, we've been focusing on that for 10 years. I mean, in what other industry? I have uh, four finance closers on staff right now that are college grads. They're all under the age of 27. Um, They started in sales. Once they grasped that concept, we rewarded them with an opportunity to go into the Internet department. And out of there, we like to make finance managers. And they start on a finance apprentice program. And now they're uh, full-blown finance managers making well into six figures. I don't know what other industry you can do that um, right out of college without a whole lot of um, technical training or a, a, a postgraduate degree. So it's, the dream is still alive uh, more than ever nowadays. The best gift we can give, what we talk about as managers, when we hire someone who's new to sales or to service sales, um, or the, uh, you know, as far as a technician say, is the gift of success early on. You know, once if they can get a little taste of that, then um, like most of us who were hired, by the way, as millennials or whatever we were called back then, most <laughs> yeah. of us. So it, 
the more it changes, the more it stays the same in that aspect. But yeah, the, um, we, we look to hire people with great attitude and then move them through the process, of course. And it's working well for us. Does anybody else want to jump in on, 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 and comment on that? Well, my, I got to, you know, I've, I've heard this millennial thing so many times and, you know, we can call it whatever we want, but the reality, David, is, is that this is the first generation because of technology that's actually been measured. And my personal belief is, is that people move through stages of your life. I mean, one of the things you always hear is that millennials are not loyal. Well, guess what? When I was 25, I wasn't loyal either. But it wasn't because I wasn't loyal. Is because if I went to the dealership and got a repair, I couldn't afford a three thousand dollar repair. Hmm. I had to get I had to get John's mechanic shop to fix it for four hundred, and then it break four more times and learn the lesson that the three thousand dollar bill was probably cheaper than the four hundred. And so it goes right into what you're saying is teaching is is I I don't know that the generation is much different. I just think it stages and cycles of life, and I think it'll be interesting because it's the first generation that's ever been studied and documented online and in, in focus groups and studies, as detailed as it is today, and it may be a, a better learning curve for us 40 years from now, how we teach and train future generations. Yeah, and, uh, you know, well said. well said, yes, and I agree with a lot of that. Um, John, let's go to you, and, you know, Andrew mentioned that uh, the progression at the on the front-end side of his store was sales, then Internet, then finance. When you bring someone in that's new, a brand new hire on the front end side of the store, do you start them out in sales or, or internet first? What is your opinion there? It really depends on the personality type. Um, you know, we do an assessment and we talk to them about both angles. Um, you know, we, we have a internet department that's cradle to grave. We have uh, 18 people in that department plus two managers. Uh, we do about 225 to 250 retail cars out of that department each month. Uh, then we have traditional guys on the floor taking floor ups, and you know we do another you know 250 to 300 out of that department. Um, it just it depends on the skill set. We describe both you know processes pretty well, and then we try and make a educated decision. Now, ultimately the internet department's going to be 100% of our business. And if I was to start a new store uh, today, I would have the entire sales department uh, be internet managers. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to upset the uh, apple cart with us now. <laughs> everything, right. seems to be, everything seems to be going uh, super well. So That's does a that good... answer your question? Yeah, yes, it does, John. And we talked about last week uh, mm -hmm. if if you know what was coming if we if we felt like the internet departments would outgrow sales departments. And, and it seems like you're saying that you definitely believe that. Um, what about you, Tony? Hey, can I say I, one more I, thing? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, John. Sorry. sorry to interrupt you, Tony, but you know there there's a lot of great information out there in that debate on BDCs and internet departments right now. Um, one of the guys that's ahead of the crowd that really gets it is Alan Ram. Um, I would strongly suggest your listeners to check him out and see what he's doing. He's got some great online training, some great phone training. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, if you really look at what the customer is doing right now, they're on their mobile phones and they're on a Google search bar. So if you operate your business according to what is really happening and I, and on that note, I would say, Go to your mobile site, check, try and buy a car, try and appraise your car, try and get a credit app, and, and see what happens. And I think it would be a wake-up call for everybody. Okay. Thank you, John. How about you, Tony? 
And I, I agree with a lot of what he's saying there. And, and I think two things happen. One, I think these desks have changed. The desk managers have changed. So, I mean, they're Internet people, too. I mean, I wasn't an Internet guy 25 years ago, but I am now. I mean, that's what I do all day long. I answer people, and I go back. I mean, that's what you do. And you have your Internet people, and you're doing it yourself, and, and as when you're running your store on top of all that, as long as your sales manager. And then, you know what? And you're getting your, your salespeople involved with it as well. That's what we do. I mean, and we're not doing these 500 cars that, like, these, like these particular guys are doing. We're a 9,500-car point. With 250 cars on the ground, we turn them pretty quickly, and we, and, we, and we do pretty well. I mean, we're making money. So, I mean, could we do better? If we always could do better. I mean, I'm going to buy. A, I'm going to open. There's an open Volkswagen point down the street, and we're going to do the same type of thing. We're going to we're going to have a bigger internet department down there than we have here, probably. We're going to keep on rolling with it. And obviously, as everyone knows, used cars, and you got to watch it because it changes on a weekly basis. And and I know that because I have a wholesale company. I got 15 guys on the road, and that's what we do. We're all over the country, and we're selling to everybody. I mean, this is, we sell to our competitors all over the state. I mean, and they don't even know it's me. But you, I mean, know, you get a good feel for what's going on with that as well. Brett, you know, in in not to stay too long on the internet, just just on on this subject, I think we all agree. But I mean, Brett, Brett and I work together, and Brett, you're in Louisiana, and you just bought a store in uh, Mass, uh, Mississippi, and I know you're 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 buying others. Um, you have four stores now, right? Currently. Correct. Four stores, and, and we work with you, but you and I, I mean, we talk, but you and I, I mean, I guess technically, quote-unquote, Internet person would be, you know, working digitally. I mean, we do business over text message, primarily. I mean, isn't that, isn't that technically, you know, isn't that technically, you know, what an Internet person can do? I mean, you know, I mean, what do you think about this, Brett? I mean, I think that they're salespeople, and the fact I, I is. I personally believe that, you know, I came before I got in the car business, I was in the internet advertising world. I sold internet advertising and managed in that world. And what I believe is, is I believe that the, you know, the internet, the, the, I believe you see in the future, there won't be any such thing as an internet department. You're going to hire salespeople who have internet skills because it's just an advertising medium as all it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the customers are, you know, if, if anybody's a political buff, they said, they said last night that 52% of the people in the United States don't pay taxes. Well, guess what? If they don't pay taxes, they also come with consumer reports, and they also don't come in with with uh, the the new car researched, ready to buy at $100 under invoice. And so everybody's chasing that business, and that's not the lion's share of where the customer is today. And so I believe everybody's going to have to be internet trained. This is going to be just it's going to be part of what it is. If you don't communicate digitally, if you don't operate digitally, and if you can't uh, if you can't engage your customer digitally. And you're not going to be able to do the business. At the same time, you're going to have to be a good salesperson as well. And I just think you'll see the level of that salesperson attracted to the auto industry rise over time. Yeah, and, and let me ask Andrew um, this, and I'll let you guys all weigh on weigh in as well. And um, no, Andrew, I know you're you're you know you're running currently right now uh, Kia, and Kia Kia is hot right now. But you're you're in a situation where you've got some monsters. Um, as well, from volume standpoint, around you, you get the Facilo, and you know it's huge <laughs> guy here. You know, um, and uh, I can't understand for the world to me why that commercial works if it does. But but here, but my thing is, uh, you got these guys around you. What's the number one thing, if you could put your finger on it, that you've got your eye on? You know, and uh, you know, right now, what is the number one thing somebody has to have, Andrew, to get the edge? You know, what, what's 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 the thing that they need to look at, in your opinion? Talent, talented people. Hmm. No hesitation there, John. Um, I would probably say internet lead management. Hmm. Really, uh, there's a company out there called Stealth Shopper, 
that uh, records phone calls, sends you the templates from all your competition. Um, if you really look at what you're saying and doing and sending to your guests, because you're getting the leads now, it's just a matter of how good are you, how good are you converting, appointing, and selling. Yeah, and Tony? I look at things as like people have to be very versatile. They have to be able to be, to be multitaskers. I'm big on multitasking. Um, and I think that's going to be the wave of the future in these in these stores. I mean, as much as this internet and everything else, you got to be a multitask. You can do it with less people. I mean, we're doing it with less people now, making more money than we ever have, and and I can see that continuously happening. You're going to, you know, even these big stores. It, it, what they're talking about now is true. You know, the internet and so on and so forth. But it's flexibility, and it's and it's having people being able to do five and six and seven different types of things because that's what it's going to take. Yeah, I think uh, I think that came up last week on the show from Mike the Car Guy. He talked about how the desk manager role has really changed, and you do have to have that versatility. Just like you mentioned earlier, Tony, you know, you weren't an internet guy, but you have to be an internet guy now to sit there and run that desk. And now you not only have to be an internet guy, but you have to be able to do you know forty other additional tasks that maybe weren't uh, on your plate you know fifteen years ago. But here's the funny thing. I love doing it. I mean, I'll be running a deal with a customer, and I got I got 15 cars we're buying somewhere else, and we're selling six over here, and I got five different things going on at once. I love it because I've always been that way. And we'll be buying property in two different states away, but it doesn't matter. You gotta, you gotta be. My thing is challenge yourself. I mean, here's a real story. My old boss is 69 years old, and he's worth about 2.6 billion dollars. He just told me he bought four stores, but he was more telling me about his jet that he was leasing to five different guys and how he was making money with that. And at the same time, he just completed two different uh, facilities with with condos. One was a 400 unit, and now he's got Mannheim, where he's, he's at the Supreme Court. He said, "I was at the Supreme Court today, Tony," and I said, "What are you doing?" He says, "I got Mannheim. Um, they're going to buy my. They're going to go into business with me in Connecticut at my auction because Larry Tribble's got the big auction up there. Well, John Cena's going to have it." And they're going to give me a billion dollars, and they're going to be 50-50 owners, and they're going to build the place. Mm-hmm. I says, holy shit, he's got 15 things going on. And that's kind of what I learned from that guy. You've got to be flexible, you've got to be versatile, but you also got to be in a little bit of everything. I've always liked the land. I've always liked different properties. I never wanted to own 15 stores. I always wanted to own one and do real well. And that's kind of what we've done. And then we continuously buy property and do other things. So, I mean, it's worked. So, so I mean, you've got to be... You got to be a multitasker. You got to hire those types of people. And I've always hired people that I look at it like this: they're ten times smarter than I am, and I try to teach them like, "Here's how I think. This is what I do." And I try, I try to get those types of smart people because they can do it ten times better than you can. That's why we don't have the manager thing. But these guys make a lot of money. I mean, so, compared to what most people make around here. And, and I think that's smart. I mean, it's smart. What I hear you saying is, you know, look, you know, they can be better than I am. You just have to be better at, at a, you have to be a better leader. That's all. You know what? The, the one thing that somebody, I guess, that works for you can't be better than you at is a leader. <laughs> you know, the, the day they become a better leader than you, I guess they don't work for you anymore. I mean, guys, we're, we're, I know you guys are all busy, obviously, and we're, we're, we're at the end here. We've got a couple minutes. So I'm going to start with Brett, and we're going to give you guys a couple, just, you know, 60, 90 seconds, what have you, just to give your closing thoughts. You know, if you, you want to just leave the dealer audience and, and with one thing that really stands out to you, I'll let you kind of do it in your own words, Brett. What you say stands out to us as it relates to what? I mean, well, I mean, with yeah, good, great question. I mean, anything we've talked about or anything you want to add, just you know, really where you you know where you feel. Um, it, maybe answering that same question that I asked Andrew, you know, the number one thing that you know, um, you know, that you have your eye on, you know, that that gives you the edge. And I don't, you know, I know you don't want to give the edge away, so to speak. But what do you think the number one thing is right now that we can't do without? Well, I mean, me personally, it's leadership. I mean, it's. We spend our entire, um, 
I, I mean, probably probably ninety percent of my time is spent spent on growing our leadership team and growing leaders because we have aggressive expansion plans, but we can't do it without leaders. And we can't buy a location. We can't we can't move to the next location if we don't a raise the level of leaders that we have in our organization and attract leaders from outside. That, that have the same thought process and the same DNA as we have. and so you know, I'm going to have you share, Brett, just one thing that stuck in my mind, man, because you, you shared this with me before, and it, and it really, really uh, it really excited me. Um, I know you bought a plane not too, too long ago because you wanted to get to your stores faster, and one of the things you told me is, hey, I – um, and, and regarding books, can you share you know what you're doing with your leadership team here for the last I guess few months or maybe the last year where you've you're sitting with them once a week and doing what with regards to uh, leadership books and different things like that? Well, we, we you know I've done it in previous industries since I've been in this industry I'm doing it here, but we just do a leadership education to raise their level and we pick a book and we read it and we read it as a team and we cover. We cover when we do it very slowly because I want to make sure that they understand the concept. But we take a, a, a you know, usually 10, 15 pages a week, and we go through exactly the reading, and we have each one of them stand up and talk about what what they learned in that particular section and how it applies to them. And I'm gonna tell you, when I first started, it was like weeping and gnashing of teeth, and today those guys are leading the discussion, and 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 they went from reading their 10 to 15 pages to now they're two and three chapters ahead because they want to see what happens and they want to they want to see that concept through and and they're actually you know the trainers becoming the the, the, the trainees becoming the trainer they're actually coming to the class you know teaching me stuff versus vice uh, versus vice versa well, there you go yeah and and Andrew closing thoughts yeah i mean it's uh, you know i've been doing this a long time and and um, you know i spent um, many years in Tampa Bay here and you know for me I'm looking for the most talented people pay them well continue to evolve with the new technology teach them to, to uh, be big picture thinkers you know not have silos in the dealership look at the big picture one of my guys who um, is, a, is a hard charger you know he's that 28 year old hard charger um, he was one of the top talents in the company, and the, and the company allowed him to come on over and take a promotion over here. And we were together a couple months, and he pushed back from the desk one night about 7:30. I uh, said, "Boss, people say it's tough over at uh, you know XYZ intersection across town where he was, a bigger store." He goes, "But I think it's tougher over here." I said, I'll, "We'll call him David." I said, "David, who do you think's got it easy out there right now?" The Toyota guy across the street, he's expected to do X amount. The Honda guy next door, he's expected to do X amount. The Ford guy, Kitty Corner across the street, nobody has it easy, buddy, but we got to be street fighters in this deal and always assume the customer is smarter than us because they're doing most of the research by the time they get to us. So it's talented people that you can teach to be big thinkers. And also, you know, like guys have said, multitask and, and be Swiss Army knife, so to speak. That's good. good you're lucky you, you had to use David because John's on the phone, and John might have been my, John. You might have a pencil getting ready to write his name. You heard hard charger, and John got his pen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Andrew's like, let's just call him David. <laughs> it's a woman. Neighbor. It's a it's a 40 year old woman. I'm I'm sure, right, right Andrew? No, but oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, you won't even have a clue. <laughs> so John, let, John, let's give you give you your closing closing words there. Um, yeah, they do a good job at that Kia store next door. They're um, really good operators. Um, 
Well, what I what I would say the the most important right now is from a GSM GM owner perspective is to open your mind and look what's out there right now to help your business grow. So, you know, go to the seminars, go to the events. Uh, I do two to three go-to-meetings a day with people trying to pitch products. The majority of guys in my position are telling their screeners not to let calls through. I have them do a two or three, one-paragraph recap of why I need their company emailed to me. If I read it and I have interest, I set up a go-to-meeting. But some of the best and greatest and newest innovations and technologies and strategies that we've come up with have all happened over the last two, possibly three years. And if you don't spend the time to kind of look and listen and talk to the people out there, it's not a waste of time because you're going to find somewhere it's going to be an aha moment or somebody created something where you go, why didn't I think of that? And then, you know, that's the kind of thing, because in our business, it's a game of numbers. It's not who sells the most, it's who spills the least. Mm. And if you can find a way to grab two deals a day, I mean, it makes the difference in, in net profit uh, tremendously. So mm. that, that would be my suggestion. Well said. Tony? I guess mine would always be um, care about your people more than sometimes they think you even care about themselves. And I, and I always try to, like, spend quality time with these guys, eight, nine, ten minutes consistently, every single week, each one of them, how things are going. I know about all their families, what's going on with this, that, and the other thing, and, and I think it goes a long way, and I think what happens is you end up getting good employees from them, because what happens is they'll say, hey, I got a friend of mine, he lives a little ways away, and sometimes, you know, if the guy's talented, we'll move him, and we'll get him here, and you know what, instead of, you know, going through 15 different meetings, you got to care about your people. Your, your people is what's going to build your business, and, and it's always about that, and then you know what, and if you want to put different things, leadership programs, and all these other things in there obviously you got the talented people that care about you because you care about them they're going to go they're going to run through walls for you and now you've got it made once you've got that whole mojo thing going you know the sky's the limit as far as i'm concerned as long as things are going the right direction well said tony and well said the whole uh great american automotive panel you just heard it from the principal's office yeah and uh you guys brought it today we appreciate you being on the show thank you so much thank you guys thank you all right appreciate it thank you guys that was awesome, man. I, hey, you know what? That's the yeah. best time I ever had in the principal's office. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Huh? I don't even feel like I, I don't even feel like I got spanked, baby. Yeah, I would go back to the principal's office. Yeah, uh, man. If, if that were the case, you know, one of the if things you enjoyed the principal's office, I want you to tweet, man. Tweet us hashtag Auto Deal Life. Say I enjoyed it. If you know a principal too, by the way, before you mm-hmm. said, if you know somebody that you want to bring on, we 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 do this often, and we would love to um, to have somebody. If you have a client. Um, that you want on or, you know, a friend or somebody that you feel can bring and contribute, then make sure you let us know about it. We'd love to reach out to them. What do you say, Dave? Well, I just wanted to bring out the fact that, you know, we kept hearing a recurring theme there with all four of those dealers, and it really wrapped, everything kind of wrapped around people. Absolutely. Hey, listen, a couple of things really quick. Number one, check out hashtag HireBobby with an I-E. Um, oh, Subi, yeah. Gosh, and the ladies, um, they did uh, dealer therapy uh, today, and uh, Subi's awesome, um, and, and, and uh, uh, Bobby Heron, uh, Jennifer Briggs, uh, Lise Kephart, I'm not sure there's a fifth one, but, um, and uh, Hire Bobby, hashtag Hire Bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E, check that out. Yeah, if and, you're looking um, for a strong car person. Very strong. Uh, she has an incredible resume. Um, and every, very ethical, man. Position. Let me tell you something, not only a hustler and a strong worker, but very ethical and talented but uh, just friends of our show. Yep. And um, so, hey, uh, also, um, 
on a, on a serious note here, um, we had scheduled James Fisher. Um, he is the dealer principal of Best Ford. And, uh, you know, just say a prayer for him and his family. Uh, his daughter went in, um, lost a baby uh, this morning um, and surgery this morning, emergency surgery, and I believe lost um, her baby. And so, you know, the, the James couldn't be with us today, obviously, but I'll thought some prayers. He's out of Chicago, great guy. And so we're going to have him on for the next principal's office, and that's why he's not on with us as well. So uh, just when you're saying a prayer, just remember James Fisher, my best Ford, and his daughter and their family. Absolutely. And don't forget, join us uh, for some upcoming shows. We'll have Dave Anderson. Yeah. Has a brand new book out. It's not rocket science. We talked about it today. And if you're a tweeter leader, I think you're going to get a copy, right? So uh, yes, right. Tweeter leader gets a copy. Autographed. Autographed. Autographed by Dave Anderson. And then we have another upcoming show at your service where we're going to wrap the whole show around the service drive. Driving sales from the service lane. We have another show coming up here in the near future, Culture Shock. Um, it's a topic that I'm actually doing some uh, some keynote and some speaking on, Dave, um, defining company culture. But we're going to talk about Culture Shock. We got some uh, we got some folks coming on to talk about the blacktop culture, what it should look like, how to build and uh, appropriate DNA. So we're excited, man. We got some great, phenomenal um, upcoming shows on and some guests that are outstanding. We're trying to work something special out, too, with another dynamic duo. We'll leave it at that, uh, where the four of us will be on the show together, um, highly recognized. And we've got a, uh, we've got a, a commitment just need to work out the, the, the details on it. So stay tuned for a, uh, for a foursome that's not golf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that sounded. Anyway, we're early. I don't know what the heck to do with myself. Are we early? We're just like three minutes. We could just sit here and stare at the screen for three minutes. Oh, heck, this has never happened. Never happened. In the history of Auto Dealer Live. In the history Live. of Auto Dealer Live. We had uh, someone else scheduled to be on, and they um, they had, uh, obviously, the car business is a volatile business, and they had something come up at the last minute. And uh, so we are early. Well, Dave, let me ask you this. I mean, sure. We, we kind of opened up with this earlier, and we talked about the end of the month. But what would you really say? If you could just tell someone that's on the floor right now, someone who's selling cars, maybe even someone who's desking a deal, maybe even a finance manager that is a little bit far away from the number that they wanted to be, and they're thinking about just throwing in the towel and let's get started in November 1st. <clears throat> All right. Well, let me. here's what I'd say to that. Um, throw it in. If you're thinking about throwing it in, then you got two choices. Well, no, throw throw it in, or 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 stop thinking about it. Come on now, that's what I'd say. So I mean, I'm not very sympathetic when it comes to that. Look, you know, here's and let me, let me, so wait, wait a minute. A salesperson never thought about throwing it in. Heck yeah, I've thrown it in. Okay, but I'm going to tell you something right now. If you want to get to where you've never been, here's the only answer to that: you don't quit. Yeah. You can't stop. And the stinking thinking, listen, procrastination. I say this often, man. Dave, you got me fired up. Procrastination. Is is this okay? It is the it is your worst enemy dressed up like your best friend. Man, procrastination will put its arm around you. It'll walk next to you and be like, "Oh, it's okay, Dave. You know what? Next month you're gonna get him. Oh, it's okay. You know what? This month it's okay." And they'll lick your wounds. It'll dress up as your best friend, but it's your worst enemy. And I'm here to tell you that procrastination will stand between where you want to be in the arena of success. So I'm gonna say, if you're still thinking about throwing in the towel, you might as well throw it in, stay home, lay in bed for the next three days, and come back next month, because that's all you're gonna do if you're there, and you're just gonna tick somebody off, maybe lose your job in the meantime, and frustrate those around you. However, if you wanna know what I really would do, if I'm, because let me tell you something, as optimistic as I am, am, do I ever have a bad month? Am I ever not where I need to be at this time? Absolutely. Guess what? I'm gonna do better next month, but I'm gonna start right now, because it's a mindset. 
It's a mindset. And you know something? You can sell something today, and you can you can make something happen today, and you can make money today, and it may not get you to where you thought you should be three weeks ago. However, you'll still make money. Don't fall into the stinking st- thinking trap. Did you know you were going to get all that? I didn't, but you know what? I feel the same way. It's one of the things I Fires really, me up. I really, I'll go out, go out <laughs> pimp slap my sales manager. I really struggle. I really struggle with this when I, I hear other salespeople, um, you know, with the glass half empty kind of approach. I mean, they're finding every reason, every excuse. You know, it's not your customers. It's not this. It's look. It's you. It's you. Pull up your big girl pants and your big boy pants. If you don't, if you don't do that, let me tell you what you're going to do. If you don't stay home when you feel that way, or if you don't absolutely knock the the, the, the stinking thinking off immediately, here's what's going to happen: you're going to screw up a done deal in a laydown. You'll oh. screw up something that absolutely was you're on the was sales, given to you. Yeah, you'll be on the sales prevention team. Yep, you will. You will. You will. Abs- your attitude. I told my daughter this, man. My my young 14 year old daughter in a teaching moment on the way to school. Look, you know, we have an attitude. When, when somebody says, when some, you know, unfortunately, when someone looks at somebody and goes, oh, they have an attitude, it automatically, you know what they mean because you're a human and it's a, it's a slang term for they have a bad attitude. But the truth of the matter is you always have an attitude. And rarely do we say, you know something, man, Dave, Joe really has a great attitude about that. We just don't recognize that. But we always have an attitude. And if we have a bad attitude, it's going to rub off on everybody around us and we're going to screw up a deal that was given to us. So just got to get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, that's a that's a stickler for me. Come on now. Well, now we're over. Now it's four thirty one. Now it's four thirty one. There you go. The now show. I feel at home. Shrug it out. There we go. Kevin that, Campbell, don't threaten me with quitting. I won't bag. I won't beg you to stay. Be gone because your head is jacked. That's what I'm talking about, Kevin Campbell. Yeah. Hashtag stinking thinking. Did I say that? He he made it seem like I said that. I no, love no, the no. music in the background. Me too. De- me too, Deanna. I like the music. Yeah, that's what the is low, that? Man? That's it's the like moped song. That's downtown. Bow, 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 bow. Ooh, it's getting too real. <laughs> the heck was that, man? All right, we got to get out of here because Chris song. is saying weird stuff. He's like, ooh. <laughs> All right. Hashtag auto deal life. Thanks, guys, for listening and hanging out in the principal's office. If you feel like you got spanked, let us know.